0: Hey, before we start, we have a sponsor, T Public. Great quality t-shirts. Go to proudlyresents.com slash shirts. Theme Christmas shirts from Life Day, Star Wars Life Day, Breaking Bad, The Room, and other great stuff. Really funny stuff. We get to curate the best of busted tees. Shirts on proudlyresents.com slash shirts. Buy a shirt, buy a gift, buy a shirt for yourself, give someone else a mug. Standing outside on the Warner Brothers lot recording this after work. Welcome to Proudly Resents, the cult movie podcast, the best movies you didn't know you wanted to see. Today we go deep into Michael Keaton's Jack Frost. Keaton plays a neglectful dad who gets a second chance as he comes back after he dies as a snowman to make it up to his son. I feel like that's it. I don't know what else I can say about this movie. End credits, so let's go. Anyway, actually we go deep, deep, deep in this shallow, shallow film. My friends, frequent guests Paul Sullivan and Jeff Cesario talk about Jack Frost*. While we are recording an episode about The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh, Jeff drops a bomb that he co-wrote Jack Frost. What the what? So Jeff, by the way, wrote for Larry Sanders and Dennis Miller, and he always played the comic that got bumped from Larry Sanders. But first, we talked to Brett Berg. He used to program films for the legendary CineFamily Theater, and now he's a big hotshot the Alamo Drafthouse Theaters that are going to open up eventually slash soon here in L.A. He does pop-up stuff for for Alamo, which you should definitely check out, and there's information later on how to find out about it. But he does these private parties where he edits down films to 45 minutes, just the core, and then you can watch those. Not related to it. It's something he does on his own. So he cut down Jack Frost and also Silent Night, Deadly Night. So you can hear the party in the background. Pretty cool. So check it out. Hope you like it. Buy a shirt. go. Well, let's talk about... Jack Frost, tell me about why do you love this movie? Uh,
1: I love it because it doesn't know what it is. It doesn't know who it's for. Uh, It's trying to be for both adults and kids, but a lot of the humor goes over a lot of the adults' heads, too. Um, Like After Michael Keaton has been turned into a snowman, and after he is wandering the streets of his hometown existentially pondering why he's a snowman, uh, he talks to himself about the 12 stages of grief right it was pretty heavy for him. it was it was really heavy and I'm sure that the majority of parents just taking their kids to a fun family film wouldn't even know what he's talking about it wasn't even their, their goal to have this that, yeah. you know have that kind of
0: existential
1: <laughs> yeah you know yeah um, it sounds like your friend was maybe having a bit of fun not at the movie's expense, but just just <laughs> at our expense. No, uh, just he was he was tickled that he could put something like that in this movie, so he did just to do it.
0: I yeah, without it, just on my own, I just feel like they just needed something to talk about. They needed to <laughs> fill two hours or whatever it was. So what do you do with the snowman? Well, he tries to figure out why he's here. What life is? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I can't answer that question. So what you did tonight was amazing. You cut the film up. So forty five minutes of what you felt
1: were the essential scenes in the movie. Okay, so to give the movie credit, there's a lot of really great scenes and moments and decisions, but I think that they got kind of buried in uh, the the weight of having to have a feature film and kind of like the lumbering aesthetics of what a feature film is.
0: What, you mean because like filling time, is that what you mean?
1: Yeah. Like filling in characters that don't really add in much to the movie. Like uh-huh. there's the side character of the um the musician from the band, the British guy. Yeah, yeah. He's in the original movie a lot more. Okay. Not because I think he's bad, but I think that he just adds a traditional movie weight to it to give the movie more scenes. He's also a great actor, that, Mark
0: Addy, that came to the States and just did crap after. He did the the Fred Flintstone uh, remake or sequel that no one asked for. Oh, okay. Video.
1: Like Viva Rock
0: Vegas? That was him. Uh-huh. Uh He was in um, uh, what was it? Full Monty. And um, that's why. He, I think he was nominated for an Oscar for that, I think.
1: Okay. Well, that would make sense that he's in this because this is just a year or two later than that. It's like
0: you got an agent, and they're like, just say yes to everything, your star is gonna go away. Meanwhile Tom Wilkinson became a great actor and only does some incredible roles. So I don't I don't know. So yeah, so Mark Addy was in it more.
1: Yeah and the, the mom, I think is Kelly Preston. she's in it a lot more. Everybody's in it a lot more. Uh, I did leave intact every single Henry Rollins scene because I think he's a bright shining star in the middle of Jack Frost. He brings some genuine laughs to the thing every time he appears.
0: He's great. He's great yeah. in this Yeah, and they do yeah. they do a lot of shout out to rock music. So the, the plot of the movie, of course, Jack Frost is a neglectful father who happens to be named Jack Frost. He's a musician, he dies and he comes back to be a good dad as a snowman
1: yeah a snowman with a lot on his mind (laughs) it's just it's you can't manufacture them so you might as well dig for them for what for movies like this it's amazing to to explore and have fun with you know
0: yeah like a what decision you're like well my i run out of ideas let me be i'll be a snowman all right oh and i first i don't know what was the first time you saw this movie
1: First time I saw this movie, I was working in a video store, and it was just something that we put on. And eventually, we realized, oh, it's one of those movies that you could put on in any mood setting to kind of tip it to what this makes you feel like. What do you mean? You know, like if if there were a lot of people in the store uh, and you put on Jack Frost, you'd get a lot of people paying attention to its eccentricities right. and like vibing with how weird it is. And if there was no one in the store, you could just zone out on its eccentricities. So, it's like a... It's a movie for many moods, but it's just a movie for no one. Right. At the same time. (laughs)
0: Kind of so in the same passive environment. I was taking the the bus from the train station to, I was at my time, girlfriend's parents' house for Christmas. And uh, the bus driver was like, All right, I'm putting in a movie. And everyone's thinking it's a Christmas movie. It was in Jack Frost. I was like, Wait, do I have, now I have to watch this movie? (laughs) I, I avoided a movie about. A guy's a kid's dad dying and becoming a snowman on purpose, you know. Like, so now we're stuck on a bus watching this movie. Uh, we got to the part where he dies, and then we had to get off the bus. <laughs> <laughs> no short bus ride. It was a short bus ride. Well, you may, it just seemed longer watching it now. <laughs> or he came back. I don't. know. What a terrible film. Did you cut out a scene where Jack Frost sings as a snowman?
1: No, that's a big failing of the movie that they did not bring back the musical element after the 35 minute mark or something after harmonica
0: there was no reason because then he never gets to relive his band life right
1: no no he only the only human he connects with really is his son and then the mom at the end
0: that makes me nuts about these movies and most of them do it and that's why ted is such a great movie is that they always have this conceit then they lie to the wife and they spend the whole time lying to the wife and they're trying to work why don't you just tell her you know you exist and then you can move on with the rest of the movie Mm
1: -hmm. like why not tell kelly preston that he's alive um because that would have potentially made it more interesting than a kid movie would allow i
0: guess so yeah yeah. there are real issues going on
1: (laughs) yeah because then it turns into john cassavetti's jack frost or
0: something (laughs) very deep very long shots yeah there's no so he comes back we don't know why he comes back as jack frost and what were some of the scenes you were like i have to leave in that you thought were amazing.
1: Um, I had to leave in the juxtaposition between the kids' hockey game and Michael Keaton as like a person, Jack Frost, uh, in the recording studio. And you oh, could that s- wasn't you? No, that wasn't me. And you could really tell that the editors of the... Re- I mean, just one of the reasons why Jack Frost is a big treat for me just in general is you could tell that there are certain things that they shot but didn't get enough coverage for. And there's a lot of editor tricks that like I recognize. What? Like slow-mo. Uh-huh. Pretty much any time you see slow-mo in a montage, it's because they are missing a piece of footage and have nothing else to put there. It's just a fact. I've edited too many things to know that that's the case. Um, There's another slow-mo bit in the truly great scene. So here, okay, let's Russian doll this for a second. Jack Frost does have a large number of moments and scenes that work. I think I said that earlier. And I think only in its 45-minute form can you recognize the good parts of the good scenes? Because in the feature-length version, they kind of get drowned out by a lot of mediocre stuff. But when you boil it down to its essence, the great scenes make you kind of into the movie, and the bad scenes kind of make you into the movie.
0: Uh huh. Yeah, I just I don't feel like I missed anything by uh, by these by not him not being there. Well, him beating up kids, you know, helping his son being beat up bullies by throwing a lot of snowballs. At them really fast, and then a ridiculous scene when they go down a hill, where every kid has a different mode of transportation, and of course the bad boy has has a fucking uh, shredder um,
1: snowboard and a perfect haircut.
0: That that was a 80s shit. That was you know the blonde bad guy with the spiky hair, no yeah. dad. Oh well, he says the best line in the whole film. Yeah,
1: at the end. Yeah, snow dad's better than no dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the movie maybe that shot where he says that it lasts another half second or second longer. Sometimes I was going through and not just removing a scene here and there, but I was actually making micro edits. And sometimes the edit would be a single frame or two, because maybe they gave a look that you want to cover in some other way and transition in some other way. So, and then sometimes it's five seconds. It's a line of dialogue here, or it's this whole scene or it's this whole 10 minute run. It's always case by case.
0: But yeah, that was such a great line. I'm glad I left that in. All right, what bothered me when it first came on was the idea of, now I'm getting heavy. But on so many levels, this movie disturbs me that someone made it because as, a, as someone who had a father who passed away, that's disturbing, right? Mm-hmm. And then as a father, it's disturbing. Like, it's not a comedy. It's so not... By the way, I'm glad to be here with you, but I'm thinking, I'm wasting my time as a father watching this movie. That's what this movie is teaching me, that I should be home with my daughter right now. (laughs) What am I doing here? This might be the last episode ever. (laughs) This movie did change me. Are you showing your daughter things like this? No, we're not showing her much. She's only two. She is watching... Okay. She did watch Barney uh, three or four times this morning yeah. over and over again. Try Barney Miller and see what happens. Barney Miller be later. I can't wait to watch Barney Miller with her. <laughs> that, that is a great change. Um, no, nah, I don't know. I, know. I can't wait to show her the, these films, but she's too young. She won't get it.
1: Well, when do you think a child discovers irony for the first time? When is the moment where their brain breaks and they discover a whole new way of thinking?
0: I think she discovers irony in real life. I don't think she would get it in the film. I think she can get it now does that make sense sure because yeah. in the film they think it's real like she thinks barney's real she thinks daniel tiger's real and if you know daniel tiger is no i don't know you don't have kids yeah. <laughs> you but will. at what age Trust me, you at, will.
1: at what age do you think that a child can appreciate like a i'm not saying that i'm hip but like a hip sense of humor
0: i, I think like five i think seven is when they realize that that tv is not real and all that's not real but i think four or five Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to try it four or five because I can't take it. You know, I wanted to watch all these films.
1: What are you going to do when she discovers how to you like do YouTube stuff? She will
0: thing? in a week, I'm sure. I don't know. Just hide the computers. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yesterday she watched hours of kitten videos. Uh, not hours, but it felt like it, <laughs> sitting behind her.
1: She's too. Does she know how to search for things, or is it no. you kind of putting things in? Yeah, you put
0: the thing. When when it stops, she just starts crying. She doesn't know what to do. Thankfully, I'm not going to teach her.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, once you
0: teach other people. We've been de- depriving our child of the phone and the iPad and all that stuff as much as we could. And now we just kind of, we're breaking. Mm-hmm. But other people, my friend at work, I when did you give your kid, when are you going to let her watch TV? She goes, oh, she had the phone since she was a baby. So that's on them. But I don't, want it, I don't want it to be that way. I'm trying. I'm trying to be a good father. I just can't.
1: So, uh, the, the, the fellow who wrote Jack Frost, uh, was he, I mean, I I listened back to the episode recently yeah, and he was kind of on the fence of, of what he really thought about the movie. He was proud of certain things and a little bit dismissive of other things.
0: Yeah. It was pretty amazing to hear. I have to ask him about it again or let him know this episode's coming out. But, uh, I did, I wasn't sure about inviting him to this because also he is a father and I know he'd want to spend time with his daughter, but also would he appreciate it? watching again or watching people laugh at it i don't know
1: i hope that he would appreciate that people had a good time with it yes
0: and he got paid the check cleared he got to hang <laughs> out with michael keaton yeah and there were some really big people who worked on this uh this film mm-hmm. but really big he worked for uh gary shandling's show larry sanders so a lot of those people worked on this Oh, and you see a lot of cameos uh, that you left
1: in wayne fetterman John Ennis. Yeah, David Cross has a voice cameo. There's Paul F. Tompkins for a fraction of a second.
0: It was a fat Paul F. Tompkins.
1: Yeah, because this is 20 years ago. He looks a lot different now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, And there's actually a brief clip of Mr. Show in it at one of the points where they're looking at a TV. Oh, really? Yeah. It goes by like that, but they're in there, yeah.
0: Would you recommend this film full length to anybody?
1: Depends what kind of person they are. If they're really a, Uh, a digger and they want to go to the uh, what are the ends of the earth in terms of this kind of experience watching a crazy movie not a bad movie but right. just kind of a, a head scratching uh, oddity they have to have a taste for oddities if if they did I would say Godspeed If if they're just kind of a general admission person I would say the shortened one might be a little bit more impactful both with the scenes that work and scenes that don't work
0: hypothetically is it posted anywhere online to see your version of this
1: I might put it on Vimeo all right. Like on my personal Vimeo or something. Is,
0: uh, Brett Berg from Alamo Drafthouse. What's your official title there?
1: Uh, creative director for Alamo LA. LA. Yeah. When
0: are you ever going to open in LA? Or are you going to have to use uh, people's uh, for <laughs> stolen venues? For-
1: so uh, Alamo Drafthouse Los Angeles will hopefully be open sometime next year. And in the meantime, every other Sunday at Nonplus Ultra, Alamo does a show called Surreal Sundays. And typically it's just a movie that we're showing where I think it'd be fun to bug out to. Mm -hmm. I'm specifically kind of concentrating on nineties and two thousands stuff because I think that seventies and eighties has had its day. And what
0: do you uh, mean? Like
1: enough of making fun of that? Yeah. I mean, the eighties has been around, uh, with us since the nineties, you know, cause (laughs) MTV was bringing back wisps of the eighties during the nineties. And it's just been with us ever since. So there's a lot of already mind, titles m-i-n-e-d like the gold has been mined for the most part for 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 kitsch and for camp and and wacky oh my god what is this uh like almost every one of those movies has been discovered or all the ones that are going to bubble to the surface kind of have sort Uh of at this point
0: like deadly prey and all those weird ones
1: yeah all the ones that we have loved for years because we're into those kinds of things and no one, no one, or very few people, at least, are looking to the '90s and 2000s, thinking that it could be as ripe as the '80s. But it, and it is in just a different way, uh-huh. a completely different way. And the the movie stars are different, the in jokes and the slang is different. Um, I do love the '90s movies because it's the last era before cell phones, and you don't really see them pop up in this movie or any movie of the era
0: right we lose that kind of like rush you have to drive somewhere to tell somebody very important information before they do something stupid because they don't know that information that died in the
1: 90s yeah i mean uh, michael keaton and jack frost perishes at the beginning of the movie because he can't just call his wife and say oh i'll actually be home real soon so i'm just going to casually drive home instead he's racing down the highway trying to get home and and look where it ends up. And
0: you mercifully cut right from the decision for him to go home to the crash to a year later. <laughs> uh, Brett Berg from Alamo Drafthouse, what's your official title there?
1: Creative director for Alamo LA.
0: So they can write you
1: or call you. On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Draft House LA. And then also if you message us through any of those platforms and say, how can I get on the weekly email list? I'll hook you up. Oh, this is great. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, All man. All right.
0: And then... You are listening to Proudly Resents.
2: Oh reasons. I can't even I can hear you. Well. Hi, this is Dani Boiselle, uh, Proudly Resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam Speaker show. To all you proudly Resents listeners out there, just remember, you can't test on hospitality. I want to
0: run it! I'm not a sports car, which is great that we picked the sports film. Yes. <laughs> Sport, uh, Proudly Resents, proudlyresents.com. I am Adam Spiegel. We're joined by Paul Sullivan of sullybaseball.com. How are you doing? And Jeff Cesario of sullybaseball.com. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? Be I, only, I only hire people who write on some of the great shows of all time. they basically... Jeff has you know, written some of the great shows of all time, yeah. including Larry Sanders. Larry Sanders and uh, Dennis Miller Live,
2: yeah. which I consider one of the great shows
0: of. That was a really funny show.
2: I remember uh, I, I did a movie. I, I wrote on a movie uh, called Jack Frost with Michael Keaton. Well, so he becomes the,
0: the, it becomes the snowman and comes alive. Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: And and uh, Ebert, in his review, must have mentioned 30 times he could not get past the snowman. He literally said, it's so ugly that I can't review the movie. I cannot <laughs> review the movie. I can't get past the snowman. So we got a bad review based largely on the fact that he didn't kind of pay attention to the movie. He just he
0: couldn't get past the snowman. I want to know, you buried the lead. You wrote on a fucking movie about a guy (laughs) who turns into a snowman. Oh, yeah. To be with his kids. And this is not, and and you're
2: saying, why didn't I select
0: this for today's (laughs) (laughs) podcast? That is amazing. (laughs) We can talk about about Jack Frost. (laughs) Well, let's talk about Jack Frost. (laughs) Please. Please. Now, there's another movie called Jack Frost. It's a horror film. Horror film, right. And and that, that is actually really ridiculous. Yeah. And That's the, really ridiculous. That is <laughs> ours the, is only ridiculous. No, but the suit in that it's a kill. That one's a killer snowman. Yeah, and they just they didn't give a shit. Did
2: that come no. out before? Did that come out before I your jacket? Just Austin? before. I think it was yeah. literally released the same general season. Were they yeah. trying to ride your coattails? Um, uh Well, I, I would hesitate to say we were wearing a dinner jacket. Um <laughs> And <at the
0: time. laughs> <Good night. laughs> that was a show. Uh, um, but. First of all, All Michael Keaton plays a dad who dies. I I
2: came on literally because I called Troy Miller, who was directing it, and I'd done some other work with Troy, say, what's going on? And he said, look, I'm having a roundtable to punch up this script that's going in a month. They're building the sets. The locations are done. And so he handed me the script, and I hadn't really done any movie writing at the time. And I, the script, to me, uh, and still the plot, is about a musician played by Michael Keaton, a regional star, Colorado rocker who, you know. Is content now. He's got his family there, and he's he's uh, you know late thirties, early forties. He's content. Early forties. Early forties. He gets a shot to go to Los Angeles and be like a big star with a record label and all of that stuff. And he's contemplating whether to take it or not. He decides to take it on his way to the airport. Literally, as second thoughts because it's Christmas, so he's going to turn around. and hell are they going to spend uh, the holidays with his family on the way back? Gets in the car accident, dies. Comes Hilarious. back as a snowman like to, you do to, to, yeah to patch mm-hmm. up his relationship with his uh with his son so having been a musician myself the whole first act is kind of all of that setup and it wasn't reading uh it didn't ring true for troy and he said you know let's see if we can let's focus on it. so i like rewrote the whole first act over over the weekend he read that canceled roundtable said i'm hiring you to punch this up great i got to know michael keaton really well uh from it and um and I'd always been a fan of Michael's because he started as a stand-up.
0: A really funny stuff. Yeah,
2: when I was at the Comedy Store, when I first fell off the turnip truck and got to town, yeah. he would I literally saw him one night start his act on stage at the Comedy Store with a snippet of conversation he heard on the way up to the stage. And I was like, oh, you know, I'm like, whatever. Oh, this is unbelievable. How did you do that? <laughs> so it was a real thrill for me to meet Michael and work with Michael. And then I started to do more and more on the film and wound up sharing screen credit on it. But... Talk about uh, you know uh, a little bit under budget. I mean, I had <laughs> we've been able to do more CGI stuff. I think the snowman in two scenes looks fun mm-hmm. because it's CGI. But you know they had a, at, a that budget got eaten up on those two scenes. So the rest of the movie was um, a Henson puppet, a, a, which occasionally a small human would be in functioning, and okay, and most of the time was run by remote control,
0: Wow.
2: and. The puppet guys would always say, this this puppet can do anything you need. Just let us know. Give us time to practice. And this puppet can do anything. And Troy had put me in charge of the puppet. So I would go and go, okay. so, I, need so puppet, I'm
0: sorry. When you say put you in charge, I don't mean to back you up there. Put you in charge. Do you mean write stuff for
2: no, it? No, no. It would be they? like, okay, oh, we're coming up on a scene in which the puppet has to do this, this, oh, and okay, this. Go okay. make sure he can do it. Okay. So I go and go, okay. You're a puppet can, wrangler. Yes. Can the puppets, uh, twig hand salute? Well, no, that he can't do. But we can do pretty much everything. <laughs> Anything you want. Anything <laughs> yeah. but salute. So, okay. Can he back up and kind of, no, well, that, come on. We didn't expect that. No, we can't do that. You know. So, can, so about after two days of this, I get pissed off. And, uh, and, and for whatever reason, for some reason, and I'm sure it had to do with shooting angles and things like that, the, uh, the guys who were great guys, the guys from Henson who were running the puppet, had to be like a hundred yards away. So then it got to a point like three days in now that we realize this thing has zero mobility. <laughs> so it does its face move at all? Or is yeah. It like, and is it like is it like really, from Daymark, you know? in
0: a really disconcerting way? Yeah, it's not <laughs> like, a fun family face.
2: No, no, it's like a cheek pops out. It's like somebody ate bad shrimp.
0: It's like bang, <laughs> a cheek just pops out, you know. You
2: don't know what's going on. It looks like a hitman
0: in surprise So sopranus.
2: so then I started to stop going, take the hundred yard walk. And I would just shout, and Troy would go to me, okay, we're coming up on this scene. And I'd go, all right, guys, uh, can the dummy move sideways? And they would go, and you would hear this faint thing from way back, it's not a dummy, it's a puppet. And they would get really insulted if you called it a dummy. So I, I just continued to call it a dummy sure. for the rest of the shoot because I'd added it up to uh, my, my immovable twig arm uh, <laughs> that, the, that the dummy couldn't do anything. So, so that was a lot of fun. But we did have a lot of fun on the shoot. And it being my first script writing experience, uh, Troy gives me this job. I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool. I'm going to be on set. And you know, we were already going up to Tahoe to shoot the exteriors and down to Long Beach to shoot the interiors. I'm like, wow, I'm writing a movie, you know, and this will be so cool. And, and uh, I walk into Troy's office the first day after I'm hired, and there's a little ugly snowman about seven inches tall on the table. And I go having not seen anything except the script at that point I go that's hilarious and he goes what and I go that that freaking ugly looking snow that's hilarious That's some prototype joke somebody sent you something he goes no that's our that's the model for our snowman and I go, and fortunately it was Troy whom I'd known for twenty years at the time, or else I'm sure I would have been off the project instantly. Uh, um, because, and I couldn't believe I'd stuck my foot in my mouth. That I just, like I literally had stuck both feet in my mouth and had to roll out of the office. It was so embarrassing.
1: And but that also, turned out when, to be the It looks uh, good on you though. <laughs> yeah, no, I, was, let me
0: finish. <laughs> it's a great joke.
2: But I had a blast on that movie. And there are there are some there are elements of that movie that, that really work, and I'll tell you this. Uh, I worked uh, uh, clubs and still do stand-up and I had a woman come up to me once and say, you know, that movie got my little son through the death of his father. And I just went, Holy crap, I don't care how how you know how much crap I had to eat <laughs> from yeah. the studio going, All right, I'll try to think of a catch slogan, you know, to have somebody tell you that, you go, holy smokes, all right. There must have been enough in that. Yeah. And Keaton's
0: Great. He's always great. He's always great. And that kid needs Kelly a better Preston therapist. Is great. His yeah. terrible mother. I'm sorry about the father dying, but he's got an awful mother. <laughs> he should go to our house to a gr- grief therapy or something, but this really Ma? That was really now, was, great. take the kid away. Was, was, was Michael Keaton on set like when they were yeah. shooting the the with the dummy?
2: Yeah, absolutely. He had scenes with the dummy.
0: Yeah. What <laughs> were some of the notes that you guys got from the studio? Like you said they want slogans.
2: You know, yeah, I had one form that we almost used which is Snow Dad is better than No Dad. Oh, <laughs> no,
0: that was a tagline Yeah, that's a better title.
2: <laughs> yeah, which which uh, and they they came very close to using it, but uh, I, you know I, I, I don't know what the process is. Once it were there toys the involved?
0: In it? Were they thinking about merchandising this? The you dad, know dad I toys? don't
2: I don't know I don't think you know I know they had some merchandise. I believe they had uh, some some winter snow related stuff. Um, uh, you know, very few uh, studio notes that I that I remember. All I remember is, <laughs> what I do remember, especially for a first time you're on a movie, was, uh, you know, they'd come in and go, this scene doesn't work at all. And I would go, well, you know, maybe we don't need that person and we could restructure this. And they'd go, no, no, no. We have to shoot it in the diner because we built the diner. And we have to shoot it with these four people because they're going to be there that day. So just rewrite the scene. <laughs> you go, well, uh, what? <laughs> you know, so it's, yeah. it's like, hey, it would make more sense if it was actually on the ski slope. Yeah, we can't do that. Shoot it in the diner. <laughs> 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 so there were all these incredible constraints because the movie, the, the, that train had left the station and uh-huh. was doing 130 miles an hour already. So it was a great uh, experience for me as a writer because... Because it was like, okay, how do you reshape this and maybe give the kid a little more depth, or try to create a little arc in the characters or some conflict, like you're saying, uh-huh. so it doesn't just read like a kind of a by the numbers sports or, or it's by the numbers dead, uh, by, dead. by the numbers, There's There's numbers. A movie, There's a snowman
0: movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. Yeah, you're by the numbers dead snowman movie. <laughs> and was there a talk of sequel while you're making it? Were they like, we can make this do a franchise? Was it just like?
2: No, I don't think anybody quite knew what was going to, you know, happen from it. And it was literally, and I mean literally, based on the, the uh, uh, Frosty the Snowman right. song. So, you know, very loosely. So, yeah. so you know, so it, it, I, I don't think they were quite, I don't think they quite knew what they had. If they had anything. Right. Uh, but, you know, it made its money back, and then it, and then it made money in syndication and, and resale and profit sure. and all that kind of stuff. And foreign but and, it doesn't it's, based
0: on, it's based on Frosty the same way, oh, brother, we're out there. It was based on Homer. You know, it's kind of like, kind of like <laughs> right. loosely, it's well, loosely yes. based on it. Okay, I hope you liked it. That's your show. Go to proudlyresents.com slash fish to hear the full interview with, with Paul and Jeff. Besides hearing about the fish that saved Pittsburgh. There's a lot of great talk about them writing for comics like Dennis Miller and Gary Shandling. Uh, Jeff came on the show a few times, played this very funny character named Chet, the sports guy. I'll have links to those episodes as well as the many reviews that Paul has done on this show. Always funny, always fun. Now, if you love cool t-shirts, where do you go? ProudlyResents.com slash shirts. Check it out. Just tell me what you even Like them, don't like them, get some feedback. All right, Or you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review or tell the, your friends about the show or tell the show about your friends. You can write me at com or at proudlyresents on Twitter. Adam, that, th- we're, we're out of time for this interview.